Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey everybody and welcome to this week's show. As he said, I'm David Henry and uh, we are actually continuing last week's episode and answering your questions. Now why are we doing that? Well, usually we answer questions uh, every other week, but over the holidays and everything we uh, really get backed up with questions and so I want to make sure I answer everything here. Now, if it sounds a little different, this is a hotel cast today. I am on site doing a show this week uh, for a uh, company corporate event and so that may sound a little different, but we're going to get through these here this morning. Now, just to open, there's something I need from you today. I know, I know, I probably ask about every episode about, you know, hey, hey, go leave a rating and review, go go leave them, and um, some folks do that, and I'm greatly appreciative for those folks who do that, but today, I want to know what you want to see from the podcast in the future, because at this point, we've got about 50 podcasts, this is number 49, and we've gone through a lot of major topics. Sure, we've covered a lot of Q&A, and that'll continue into the future, but at the same time, I've covered a lot of the topics that we run into in lighting, and I'm wondering what you want to see next, because ultimately, this podcast is all about what you guys want to see, and so I want to know what you guys want to know. Do you want to see interviews? Do you want to see more conversation about specific consoles, specific topics? If I do interview people, um, do you want me to interview people that work for manufacturers, professional lighting designers, amateur, you know, other hobbyists like yourselves? Um, so I really want to know uh, what you guys want to know. And so I've set up a survey at learnstagelighting.com slash survey. It'll take you right there. And um, I want to know just from you. It's only going to take you a couple minutes. Um, it's a little bit in depth, but I really want to know what you want to know about the podcast. So throughout this month, um, I'm going to be promoting this survey, just making sure that uh, you see it so that I can hear from you what you want to see here in the future. Awesome. So let's get back to your questions. So Ed writes in very first and says, uh, can you use ShowBuddy from uh, DB AudioWare that goes with NTX DMXs when you don't use backing track? Is there any way to key it off your instruments? We don't use MIDI. We use Studio One and DMXs. Okay, Ed. So I think maybe you might be getting a little bit confused here. Okay, so let's step back for a minute, Ed. And I'm not sure exactly, you know, I've only got these two sentences to work off of. But I think that um, basically ShowBuddy is really only for backing tracks, right? You pull in a track, you bring in your different presets out of DMXs, you play the show, and it plays through the audio to the lights, okay? And that's what ShowBuddy does. That's all that ShowBuddy does is it's literally just a lightweight digital audio workstation, just like you, you have Studio One. Um, the interfaces with DMXs. So I don't think you need ShowBuddy. Most people that are using a digital audio workstation like Studio One are going to take DMXs and they're going to have it interact with their DAW in a particular way. So you're using Studio One and I did a quick search and it looks like it uses VST plugins. That's great because now you can install DMXs as a VST. 
So the way to do this, if you've already installed DMXs and you didn't install the plugin, is just to download DMXs again, run the installer, and when it asks you where your plugin folder is, go find where that is in your Studio One preferences, and I'm not super familiar with Studio One, but it's going to tell you where that plugin folder is, you'll have it install the plugin there, and then you'll be able to use DMXs inside of Studio One. Now this allows you to bring uh, your various uh, lights or your various um, presets into into Studio One and put them on your timeline with your instruments and, and have different things, trigger different things. Basically, just like you would work with any other instrument, any other track in Studio One. Now, the other way to do this, if using the VST plugin doesn't work for you or doesn't make sense for whatever reason, is you can totally go in as well and you can set up some MIDI tracks. And all within your computer, you can send MIDI out of Studio One and bring it in to the DMX's standalone program. So when you're running DMX's as a plugin, you don't actually open the program. Studio One opens the program within the plugin architecture, okay? So I hope that's not too confusing, but basically, you should be able to get DMX's working with Studio One. If you do the MIDI option, that second one that I was talking about, um, then you're going to set up some MIDI tracks, two of them on 15 and 16, to come out of Studio One, and then come into DMXs all within the same computer. And uh, if you look to the DMXs manual, it'll give you some guidance as to how that works. But I don't think it, I don't think you need Show Buddy. So do keep that in mind um, as you are thinking about this. All right, now Victor writes in and says, uh, Hey David, please do a video on YouTube about the uh, DMX King Ultra DMX 2 Pro USB to DMX. I've also found... The same with PoE, that's power over Ethernet, and I'm not sure which one to choose. All right, Victor, so we're going to talk about a few things here, okay? I want to help you, and I, I'm greatly, um, I, I greatly care about helping you, but we got to talk about DMX King first. So DMX King is a brand, when I first saw them, I thought they came, were coming out of China. Turns out they're coming out of New Zealand, but their support is, is really not good. Um, and, and so that's one of the big reasons I don't recommend them. Um, the other reason I don't recommend them, and I'm not afraid to say this, is that um, my friends at Entech turned me on to the fact that this is a brand, um, DMX King, that, that came around after Entech, long after Entech was started. And their first product that, that really made them big was just a product where they copied one of Entech's products, the uh, DMX USB Pro, I believe it is. And, and they just sold it for a lesser cost. And I, I hate when someone does that because it's not good business and it's not ethical. So in my mind, between those two things, the fact that I've even tested, I've bought some of their products. I think it was an EDMX2 that I bought. And, um, oh, I actually had two of their products. And I bought one of the USB DMX boxes. And then I had a problem at one point. I emailed support and it would take multiple days for them to get back. And when they did get back, their reply was really not in-depth at all or helpful. It was kind of like, hey, you know, I already tried that. Or or they would just kind of push me off and say, well, it's not our problem. And I think it was their problem. Because this was something where the box was working fine before. I updated the software in the box. And then it was being a little glitchy on DMX output. And so, you know, ultimately, I want you to have a good customer experience. And I want you to have something that's going to work for you. So... I generally recommend, you know, look at Chavez DMX-AN. Look at 
NTEX ODE or um, USB Pro Mark II. Look at uh, Alation's got an Enode 2 now, okay? And, and all of these are, are around the same price range about of what you're looking at, the, especially the Chave and Alation ones. And when you buy something from one of these brands instead of DMX King, there's actually support that you can call, that you can actually email. And they answer, and they're helpful, and they're knowledgeable. And so, especially if you're new to this, or, or you're not, you know, if you're asking the kind of questions um, the, the, like this about which one to get, you know, I would buy from an established, reputable brand. Because at the end of the day, you might be able to save, you know, 10 or 20 or 40 bucks, maybe, okay, by going with, with this brand over a more reputable brand. But I just, I can't in my heart recommend it because there's good brands out there that will give you the support you need that will definitely honor their product and, and, and give you, answer your questions and honor warranty. And with DMX King, we just don't know if it's going to be there, you know? And and, I'll, and ultimately, you know, not only do I want you to, to save money and buy the right thing, and that's a big thing here for me on the site, but I also want you to be really happy with what you bought over the long term. And I just don't think you're going to get that with DMX King. So, I don't recommend DMX King. I know other people use them. They're happy with them. But it still stands that anybody I've talked to that have reached out to their support have not been happy with their experience. And um, unfortunately, you know, I think that's just going to happen. And so um, the best thing we can do is is not support them. Now, you're asking about um, should I buy one with PoE or not PoE? Now, PoE is called Power Over Ethernet. And so what that does is it's really just as simple as for devices that don't use a ton of power, they can get their power through the network cable, okay? And this can be really helpful. Now, if you only have one unit, um, you know, because this, this power over Ethernet basically means you'll just have to plug in the Ethernet cable at the, at the unit end, and the power will come from the network switch, okay? Now, this is really helpful, but if you only have one unit, usually it doesn't make sense. Because you need to get an Ethernet switch or router that provides PoE, okay? And most don't. That's, a, that's an extra add-on. So if you're only doing one unit, usually it just makes sense to, to plug in the power cord at the end of the unit and you're good. If you're going to be running a bunch of nodes and you don't want to use the power cords, you, know, you can get one PoE switch, plug that in, plug all the units into that, and they'll all have power. And then up on the truss or on the ground or wherever the, the, the DMX node ends up, you don't have to provide power. It's great. But at the end of the day, if it's going to cost more to do PoE and you're only buying one and you don't see yourself going out buying a PoE switch, then you're just going to end up, if you, ha if you are going to power through PoE, you're going to end up getting <laughs> an extra box, extra Ethernet cables, plugging all those in just to get power over Ethernet when you could have just plugged the thing in. So that's my recommendation there. Um, in fact, I think the Chave, yeah, the DMXAN, really great price, similar features to this. I've got one and I use it all the time. And I will make sure we link to my review of the DMXAN here in the show notes. Um, but um, on learnstagelighting.com, Chave's DMXAN. But, um, you know, I think that one's got POE. So check that out, Victor. And uh, I hope that you're really happy with what you buy over the long term. Jay writes in and says, uh, for starting out with low budget lighting for a cover band, what do you recommend? 
Oh, and this is a console question more than anything else. I've been deba- debating Show Express versus DMXs. Okay, so Jay, I would recommend DMXs every time. And the reason being that DMXs makes it easy, whether you run it from stage or have somebody else click through the, the cues, it makes it really easy for you to program out different presets for all your songs and then play them back. You can do it from stage, you can have somebody click it, you can have it go automatically with backing tracks if you got those. It's really great. Now, Show Express or using something like uh, the Light Shark console that I like, or, you know, there's there's a number of things like Show Express, some, um, you know, that people use my DMX, I see a lot too, Shav- or ADJ's version, um, similar product to Show Express, but they're, they're all pretty similar. And uh, a program like Show Express is going to be better if you always have someone there to run the lighting for your show, okay? So if you're not going to have that, and oftentimes on a low budget, you're not going to have somebody there who can run the lighting on every show. In that case, it makes sense to go to DMXs. Now, if you do have somebody who's going to be there every show to run the lighting, then you could get you could go with something with show, like Show Express. And, and what that's going to give you the ability to do is run things more live and on the fly and, and have things pre-programmed, but not really to the song and have the person doing the lighting change the lights and pick the different scenes based on where the music's going and, and doing what we're called punting, just literally running it live and on the fly. So those are kind of two different approaches. Um, for most people, you know, a low-budget band, DMX is, is going to be what's king. Troy writes in and says, I'm having a hard time with front lighting. I only have a small rig of a 8 LED 4-channel wash, 2 pin spots, but I also have 4 racks of par 56 500 watts with peanut bulbs and 2 ADG scanners. I was going to invest in some small moving heads. Um, I have a truss system and can go up to 12 feet with 2 stands that hold 4 or more lights. Okay, so Troy with front lighting, um, especially for a band you're often going to have those lights, you know, really close to the front of the stage, right? They're not going to be, you know, flown on a truss out in the middle of the audience. They're probably either going to, they're probably going to be at the front corners of the stage. And so when you're looking for lights that do that, you want to have the widest beam angle as possible. Because a lot of these, these fixtures, and you've probably noticed this with your scanners and LED pars and things like that, they keep them and they give them a, a fairly narrow spread on the beam, a fairly narrow beam angle and, and field angle. And actually, thinking of beam angle and field angle, we'll, we'll link to a post here that I think you'll find interesting called uh, What is Beam Angle? What is Field Angle? And What Do I Care? Why Do I Care? That's on WearingStageLighting.com. But regardless, um, what you want to look for is something that's wider because a, a lot of these more budget fixtures use a really narrow beam so they appear brighter. Because if you take the same amount of light and put it into a smaller space, you know, a tighter beam, it's it's going to look brighter. But for front light, that's not what you want because it's so close to the people, you want it to be able to spread out and then cover all the musicians. So, you know, look at different LED wash lights. Like if you look to um, Alation or Chave or ADJ or Blizzard, all great brands, um, you know, Go and look at their wash lights and, and the par type ones that are typically circle on the front tend to be wider or narrower, sorry. 
but then they'll they'll have panel type fixtures that are more square, and and those ones seem to be generally wire. And so I would look at that, and I would consider just getting a couple of those. Um, I know ADJ also has like their Cobb Cannon Cob Cannon Wash, and there's some other brands that uh, have similar things to that, and, and those tend to have a wider lens too. Some even have interchangeable lenses. But you're going to be looking for something as, as wide as you can get, you know, 40, 50 degrees or, or wider for that beam angle. Um, and, and that's that's really going to help you get that width that you need to be able to light the stage uh, from the front, but really close to the stage. And uh, I imagine that is probably your situation. Awesome. So John says, I want to run my lights from a midi foot controller. I have an American DJ DMX operator. Have you tried this for a band? Thanks, John. Well, I think I have, but let me look up the DMX operator real quick um, so I remember exactly what console that is. Oh, yes, the DMX operator. So here, here's the thing with consoles like this, um, because this console basically, you know, all of the brands kind of have their own version of this, okay? Um, once the page loads, I'll be able to, you know, t- tell you which one it is. So it's like the, the American DJ Celestialation DMX operator, but the Chave Obey 40 is very, very similar. And Blizzard Lighting has a similar one, too. And the problem with these kind of units is that you don't usually get the level of control that you want. Okay. Now, if you do want to get, if you do want to trigger it from a MIDI foot controller, what you got to do is you got to find a MIDI foot controller that allows you to tell it what. MIDI, it's going to output on each button press, okay, on each foot button press. It needs to be customizable because these consoles, the DMX operators, they are not customizable. It's a fixed MIDI map where it says, okay, you know, you open up the manual, you go to the MIDI page, and it says, hey, this MIDI MIDI command, um, you know, does this cue, this MIDI command is this cue, this MIDI command is this cue, etc., etc. And what you then have to do is set those up on the buttons on the controller. And then you have to remember which button to press. And and so in this case, you know, you may only have 20 cues or something that you can use, 20 different lighting looks, maybe less. And you're going to have to remember which one to press with your foot at all times. Contrast that with some things like Intex DMXs, excuse me, which is a lighting software built for bands to run their show from stage where you just pre-program everything you hit a regular, you know, little quarter-inch um, foot controller, you know, just like a sustain pedal, and then you're going to go ahead and have total control. You just play through the scenes that you've organized in order for your show. It's real quick and easy to do for a specific show. You just reorder your songs, and then it goes through the scenes, and you can have a really incredible light show. And the reason why I, I, I like to recommend this is because with the same lights using this approach and having better control where you're able to choose exactly what you want um, is going to give you a much more amazing show than buying more lights. Okay. You know, it's going to allow you to, instead of have some simple lighting with some basic changes, have a really complex lighting show with, with less things. And so I'm going to make sure I'm going to link in the show notes for you a post on LaurenStageLighting.com slash how do I run my show from stage. And it's just going to walk you through 
some of the basics of doing this, you know, how to go in and, and set things up. And it also highlights uh, DMXs there. Gives you some options as, as to how to do this. Talks you through what I talked through in this post or in this podcast. Is that what we're on? Podcast and all of that. So we'll make sure to link to that, John, and uh, give send that to you. Hey, Joshua. Um, Joshua or Joshua wrote in and said, hey, David, um, he has recently come across my website. And this is a little bit of a different question, but I like this. So Joshua wrote in, and he is going ahead to, um, and I'll just shorten this question um, because he gives me a lot of info, but basically he says, how do you find clients? Okay, so what is he talking about? Well, um, Joshua is starting a new company, doing installations, and, um, you know, he's got experience in live work and installation work, you know, got all the ability to do the lighting installations, but just has had trouble finding the clients, okay? You know, he's he's talked to a lot of churches, and, you know, it just really feels like he's not getting any traction and, you know, needs to turn this into a sustainable business, a sustainable career doing lighting, um, and, you know, needs to do that pretty soon. So he wants to know my recommendations. All right, so my basic recommendations here, Josh, for you is that um, it's not going to be easy, but it's going to take some time. So one recommendation I have to you instead of, um, and this is a big recommendation for anybody who, who's trying to do this for a living. You know, obviously I teach here on LearnSageLighting.com and I really recommend teaching, okay? Because people at the end of the day choose the contractors and, and buy from the people who they know they can trust. And the people they know they can trust are the people that have helped them in the past, okay? And so those people, you know, you, you could become if, um, you know, one, one thing you could do is, is really, you know, start to offer to these clients you've found out, you know, the, these people that, that you've gotten as leads, however you found them, um, you know, you can go to those people and offer a free or low-priced training session. You know, offer to come in to a church, to a venue, to, you know, even a, a corporate building where they need, you know, some basic AV in a conference room, and and offer to teach them. You know, offer to say, hey, I want to help you, especially in the church world, and your volunteers work better with what you have. So can I come in for a few hours, meet with your people, and show them some tips and tricks to do really great things with what they already have? Then, at the end of that, you can say, hey, and, and you can let them know up front that this is going to happen. You know, hey, you know, you can say, while I'm there, I'm also going to look over your AV systems, and I want to talk to you about anything that you might want to do, and also just give you some ideas on, on how you can do AV better, but but really spend your money wisely, you know, and efficiently. And I think people will be will be will be really receptive to that. Um, I know that's something that in the past, when I've worked with contractors, you know, and integrators and stuff like that, I've always found that to be a really big determining factor. Because in the eyes of someone like a church who might not know a lot about AV, especially when you're working with smaller churches, you might be working with the pastor or the worship pastor, and they may not know or understand a lot about AV. 
And so they really need someone who, who knows what's going on, who they can trust to advise things. Because the biggest, the hardest thing that I see, at least, and, and probably other people in the church world and things like this have run into this, the hardest thing that I see with installation companies and things like that and choosing one is that there are so many companies out there and, and so many times that I've seen this happen where a company comes in and they kind of have the generic set of equipment that they spec to every you know project and that's okay but i've seen so many projects so many churches etc where they end up installing a system that isn't the best thing for that church and oftentimes that may mean the church has to rip it out and redo it later or it might just mean that they overspent and bought like some way nicer stuff than they could possibly need just because that's what the integrator was most familiar with and, and like to specify. So I love integrators and I love good integrators and there's a lot out there. And from the email you wrote, it seems like in, in the AVL company that you're making, that you're you're building for yourself, it seems like you're one of those good guys, right? I, I you know obviously I don't know you, so <laughs> you may or may not be, but. But but it seems like you, you, you definitely have the heart in there. You have the experience level. So, you know, focus on teaching folks and then pivot to business. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's kind of like the things you don't want to talk to your parents about or something like that, you know, when you're an adult, right? It's like, it's like you don't want to talk. A lot of people, you know, don't want to talk about, you know, bringing an integrator and, and talk about gear because it means they're going to have to spend money. And money's always tight with every organization. But if you can kind of reframe it, say, hey, we're going to talk about that. But we're also going to talk about some things you can do to make things better with what you have now. And I think that really could get your foot in the door. And then, you know, with these kind of businesses with installs, the great thing about it is that word of mouth and repeat business are the two biggest things when I talk to integrators that, that bring them more business. It's working with people they've worked with before and the word of mouth, just, you know, one church in town talks to another church in town and says, hey, who did you use? And the other church says, hey, we used Joshua. He was amazing. You should use him. And uh, that's, that's what I think can help you uh, really succeed. All right. Chris writes in and says, I'm a high school band teacher um, in North Dakota helping upgrade our lighting system. We're switching to a LED DMX system. We're looking for a recommendation for overhead wash lights on stage. Um, looking at the ADJ Cobb Cannon wash lights, would they make good overhead lights? Um, do I have any other recommended lights to serve this function? Thanks for your help, Chris. All right, Chris. You know, I like the Cobb Cannon wash. I think it's a good unit. Um, there's other ones out there, you know. It's, it's kind of hard because there's a lot of good brands out there. So as I always tell people, you know, Chave, Alation, ADJ, you really can't go wrong with them. Now, one thing you, you will want to do, Chris, just to, to let you know, um, is you're going to want to go ahead, and if you can get a demo of this in your space, you know, talk to your dealer who you're buying your stuff from, get a demo, because I don't have a lot of info about, you know, how far away these will be from the stage, how bright the other lights are, stuff like that, so it's hard for me to make a recommendation, but one thing you do want to do is put these lights on a DMX relay, okay? And um, what that is going to do for you is just 
turn off the lights when they're not in use, and it's going to do it automatically. So why, why should you care about that? Well, it, it cuts power to the lights, and this is hugely beneficial, and I'm going to post a uh, link to a post on learnstagelighting.com just about that. Because one thing that a lot of people have noticed, especially over the long term in an installation, is that fixtures that are left on all the time not only do they use a little bit of power, but also they tend to wear out quicker. Especially, you know, uh, you, you probably don't know what the quality of power is within your building, but no, no place is perfect. And when lights stay turned on, even if the actual light isn't on, but it just has power, if it stays on all the time, that's going to wear on the power supply and on, on, on the different uh, bits that power the fixture inside of it. And when that power supply goes, it may be repairable for a reasonable cost. It may not be. But regardless, it's something you don't want to have to do. Especially in a a system, an area like a high school theater, where you're not using these a lot of the time. A lot, you know, it's not like a light that's in a hallway that's on all the time. It's, It's on really a small percentage of the time. You really want to get a DMX relay, um, which are fairly inexpensive. And, and put that in place, turn those lights off when you're not using them, and then they're going to last a lot longer for you. So, Chris, I hope that helps. And, um, yeah, that's a definitely recommendation for you. But the, the ADJ Cannon Wash is a good one. Um, but there's others as well. So, um, Kai Yoon writes in, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, and said, how do they do uplighting on the stage? I always love questions like this that are just um, a quick sentence because it means that I get to say whatever I want. No, but uh, this is my podcast. I get to say what I want. But regardless, um, so uplighting is really just a light that's pointed up, right? So when you're talking about uplighting, you're generally going to have some kind of a surface, whether it's a brick wall on the back of the stage, a flat backdrop, just a regular, you know, drywall wall, um, whether it's a band member. You know, you might be asking about um, band members. A lot of times on TV or even on tours, you'll have small lights pointed up at each band member to help wash their face, um, you know, in addition to the light overhead. So regardless of the exact application, uplighting is really as simple as finding a lighting fixture that fits in the space on the ground that you need it to. And that you can turn on, usually an LED lighting fixture these days, that you can turn on and point up and, and see the effects of them. Other than that, you know, there's not a lot you, you need to know. With uplights, um, especially if you're just starting out, do a lot of experimentation with pointing it straight up or getting it a little further away from the surface and pointing it up at an angle or, or stuff like that. You know, there's there's a lot of options there as to what you can do and so, you know, do what feels right. Do what works best for you and your lighting. All right. Now, Assume writes in and says, what software do I recommend by DMX or DMXs? Um, okay. So, Zoom, actually, go back in this podcast. Um, you'll see it in the show notes. And go back to the question from Jay, where he talks about Show Express versus DMXs. Because my DMX is very much in the same boat as to functionality, as to kind of how it lays out, how it works. Now, DMX does not have a blind edit mode, 
So if that's important to you, you might want a console that does. But in general, I don't like to recommend um I don't like to recommend programs like my DMX because they're all there's there's a brand that makes them, the people that actually code the program, and they've just been found over the long time to to have stability issues sometimes, to have bugs, and to not be the friendliest software to use. So I don't like to recommend that. But what I would like you to do is go to learnstagelighting.com, and um, I've got a post that I'm going to link to here in the show notes about choosing your first lighting console. And it's going to talk through my best recommendations for consoles and, and really show you in that article how to choose the one that's right for you. All right. Jacob writes in and says, we use a Jester ML24 at our church and currently use the dimmers to control our two LED lights running on the same DMX channel. I would love to assign these as fixtures. I'm not sure how familiar you are with the board. I'm not. And finding things online is extremely hard. Okay, so we're going to talk about, I'm not super familiar with it, but considering that the Jester ML since it says ML as in moving light in the um, in the words, you know, I feel like we can get this working a little bit better for you. So let me pull up a picture of the console, just look at it, and uh, oh, nice, this manual's in French. Um, and yeah, that's the problem is uh, this this particular company's products are not popular in the U.S. They're just not, um, and so basically. You know the when you go to program to to patch a moving light or an LED, you're often going to have the ability to set what's called a profile. Okay, and so it looks like um, I just downloaded the um, Jester online help manual, which I found from googling the zero eighty eight um, Jester ML twenty four. And and I found this online help, and it basically says to go in and uh, you go ahead and and uh, what do you do? Whoop! You go ahead in one of the modes and um, and set up. You know, get a fixture. You choose the manufacturer and the fixture that you want to patch the light as. Okay, it's called assign fixtures. Okay, that's what it's called in here. And you might want to call support, honestly, for this. For this, but what you're going to want to do then is know the channels that your light has, okay? And you'll then go in, and probably under the brand name, generic, you'll be able to find something like RGB or RGBW or RGBA. Um, I don't know, you know. It might be called LED RGB, something like that. You know, you basically need to know what channels you've got and then find something generic in the console that matches it under the brand generic often. And then once you do that, as long as the DMX channels line up with what you have, you know, the ones that are in the console to what the lights use, then you're going to be able to control them uh, through that board. Um, other than that, I really don't know anything about those products um, because the brand 088 really is not popular in the U.S. And so I've honestly never even touched one of their consoles. Um, so I can't really give you a lot more info. But thank you guys, everybody, 
Um, Jacob and everybody else for listening today. Um, I enjoyed going through your questions as I always did. And so in closing, show notes are at learnstagelightning.com slash 049. And um, I want to thank you for being here today. Now, if you've been here just the first time today or you've been here other times before, um, I want to invite you to fill out our survey. And so basically at learnstagelighting.com slash survey, we're going to go ahead and um, and have a survey for you where you can help choose the direction of the podcast, okay? So you're going to let us know, you know, what you want to see. Do you want to see interviews? Do you want to see interviews with professionals? Do you want to see just Q&A? Do you want me to just end this thing? <laughs> you know, what What you would have probably unsubscribed from now if uh, if that was the case. You know, let me know what you want to see. And the next week on the show, we're going to be talking about media. So one of the questions I get a lot is, how do you add video to your lighting show and control it? Media to servers, pixels, and control. We're going to cover all those topics, and we're going to do that next week. So make sure you don't miss out on that. Make sure you're subscribed, and I'll see you guys there. Thanks. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at LearnStageLighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.